Welcome to Figuring Out Families by Magellan Media, where we help families be the best they can be. In this, the financial series, we address one of the biggest issues faced by families and speak to experts to get practical advice on how families can avoid the pitfalls when managing their finances, as well as how to recover when financial difficulties arise. I'm David Ahern. My guest today is author, podcaster, blogger, Serena Bird. Serena is a former diplomat and the author of The Joyful Frugalista, where she chats with friends, family and the famous about frugality, saving, investing, well-being and living sustainability. In two previous episodes with Serena, we talked about the impact of the pandemic and how families have suffered financially and mentally, and then the need for people to reach out for help if they're struggling. Much has happened over the past three months that we need to discuss and recap. Serena, welcome back and uh, good to see you again. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Um, now, look, it was in our last podcast, we did predict, and uh, you didn't need to be Einstein to predict, that interest rates would start to rise. They've gone up three or four times since. That's a real blow for many families with large mortgages. Um, yes, it is. Like, I guess from my point of view, I had thought that interest rates were going to go up. So I was prepared. In fact, um, I had fixed uh, most of my mortgages last January when the rates were at record low levels. But that said, you know, following financial trends isn't something that everyone has the interest or the time to do. So I just, you know, want to acknowledge that. And of course, many people have bought at the height of the boom. There was quite a lot of panic going on as house prices were rising with a lot of people feeling like they were going to miss out. And that's understandable. People perhaps were saving for a while and because interest rates were low, people were, were buying. And in many cases, that then forced people to buy in properties that were perhaps further out than they had intended. Uh, during COVID as well, we saw a trend towards people wanting to purchase places uh, that were a bit further out so that they weren't stuck in, in a city in a small apartment um, during lockdown. And of course, that's understandable because it does affect people's mental health and well-being. So we've now seen a trend where people have bought places that are a bit further out, like in the outer suburbs, often where there's no, no public transport options or in regional centres. So I think it's a, a double whammy here of higher interest rates affecting their repayments, plus also um, those petrol prices as well. Um, and perhaps actually I might add a third one that, you know, often the price of their housing uh, that they have purchased was more expensive than they had anticipated because of that boom. And of course, now we're seeing a bit of a correction. So there is a risk now. It may not be so easy for them to get out of that should that be something that they feel they need to do. Yeah, it's it's a perfect storm, isn't it? As you mentioned, not only interest rates, but uh, petrol prices, grocery prices. I don't think anyone really could have predicted this uh, well, 12 months ago, definitely not. Um, but it doesn't look like the situation's going to settle for several years at least. Is that, is, is that your assessment as well? Um, there are a number of bigger picture strategic things that are driving this. Um, certainly the trends have indicated there was going to be an inflation issue. There was huge inflation in the US last year. We don't necessarily follow exactly what happens in the US, but they are a major driving factor 
um, and certainly have a huge impact on the global economy. And Australia, although we may be very distant from the rest of the world and our own continent and our own island, but we are still part of the global, um, you know, the economy basically. And so what happens in the US and elsewhere does affect us. And when I say elsewhere, of course, that does include what's happening in Ukraine as well um, and the impact uh, that, that that is happening. Um, but yes, a lot has happened and uh, there have been a lot of changes and the speed at which uh, the cost of living, the cost of groceries has, has gone up has really uh, caught a lot of people out. It's especially acute in those areas that have um, suffered natural disasters such as flooding, uh, particularly southeast Queensland. And, you know, people are sort of saying, well, why are things like lettuces so expensive? Well, there's a lot of reasons for this. It's easy just to think that there's people profiteering, but that's not necessarily the case. I was reading an article a couple of weeks ago about a lettuce uh, grower who his land had been flooded like several times this year, which had really affected um, his ability to to start his seedlings growing and he'd lost crops. Um, and then he's got supply chain issues of getting things to market, which is really expensive and difficult, the cost of transportation. He's got problems not having enough people to pick his crops because we're not having so many people coming in to work in those sorts of areas. Um, and we're seeing with the great resignation, there's a, a real change. And crucially, he can't get seed on time from overseas because there's supply chains and other issues. Uh, there's issues with crops being disrupted in, in other countries, but there's also issues with transportation. So there's a lot of things that are happening, uh, you know, at a big level that are affecting this. And so it's easy to sort of rant and say, well, someone's making money out of this. But yes, not necessarily. There's unprecedented disruption um, for a number of reasons. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, COVID. Just hang on. Always the way. Mm. All right. Serena, I believe you've been kept very busy with calls from people who are struggling. Uh, and you've noticed a big increase of people seeking help since the last podcast. Is that true? Well, not so many calls from people, but definitely I'm very aware that a lot of people uh, in my community are really struggling. And when I say community, it's not just my online community uh, with the Joyful Brugalista, but also my physical community where I live here in Canberra. Now, people often uh, outside of Canberra like to think that it's all a big gravy train where I live. Uh, certainly, we have the highest per capita income in Australia, but we also have the second highest rate of homelessness in Australia. We have quite... Um, a difference there and which is really interesting and it's often because people are coming in from regional New South Wales or other regional areas in search of jobs and they're really really struggling so and of course it's cold here uh, I'm podcasting from winter it can be anything from like minus seven minus eight to you know just a balmy five degrees of the morning in winter which is really hard and what we're especially noticing is that the charities that I've been speaking to uh, such as Roundabout, uh, who provide uh, uh, items, children's items, to individuals and charities that need it, and also the work that my Zonta Club does in providing items to women's refuges, is there is a huge demand for warm clothing. 
warm bedding and warm children's clothing, and it's an unprecedented level of demand. I think this in part reflects the fact that a lot of families are reducing their energy usage just because of necessity, which is very concerning because research does show that when you live in a house that is too cold, and I think the magic number from memory is about 18 degrees, anything below that, you are quite at risk of health problems, respiratory problems and other things. So you, you, you're kind of, you're like a pneumonia case waiting to happen, especially for elder people, elderly people. So, you know, these, this is quite concerning that we are seeing this unprecedented need for basics. Um, another charity in Canberra has an urgent need uh, for uh, coats, particularly for men. Um, you know, a lot of men who are sleeping rough and doing it rough for very various reasons, they also don't have enough warm clothing. So, yeah, it's a very interesting time we're facing, uh, but certainly this winter is very harsh for a lot of people. It, it really sounds like doom and gloom. Um, is there any positives coming out of this or, you know? Well, I, I don't like doom and gloom. I mean, I'm joyful or at least try to be. Um, so I think it's important to situate this as Australians being so resilient. We are just really resilient. Um, and I know in my own life, when I was going through difficult times, I had a motto, which was one day at a time, one day, one thing at a time, one day at a time, one thing at a time. And I think it's a really important thing to remind us that we just face one thing at a time, one day at a time, and then you can get through things. And I do think we do have that courageous spirit that we, we have that way of, of finding our way through things. And I do think on the whole, Australians are fairly generous people and our communities will often support us if we ask. Of course, it does take a lot of courage to ask and it is, it is really hard to. What I do think is really positive um, uh, in terms of where we are in 2022 is the incredible rise in sharing groups such as the Buy Nothing Project. Uh, I have someone coming over this afternoon, for instance, who I'm giving several bags of children's clothing to because my kids have grown out of them. Um, and that's then things that she won't have to pay for. And I have received such amazing things through these organisations, including food, like often people are moving and they've got food they don't want to go to waste. And I'm one of those people who'll put my hand up with love and say, yes, please, I will, I will um, accept that. So I think, you know, being part of these communities is really important. I had a friend stay with me earlier this year. Uh, who's a Torres Strait Islander, and she would often talk about how in her community that's how they how they live. Um, one person will go fishing and they'll just take as much as they need, like they won't completely go fishing on a large scale, but they'll have extra fish so they'll drop some off for her and someone else will have some papaya and it all sort of goes around. So what I would really, uh, what I really think is is great is this emergence of these grassroots sharing community groups that can help and support people through the difficult times. Yeah, and that's a, a very good example of uh, community working together, helping each other. And perhaps we've lost a little bit of that in Australia or in the West generally in recent uh, times. But when we go through hard times, and you mentioned the floods earlier in uh, Queensland and New South Wales, that's when people really do pitch in and help each other. And you do hear some wonderful stories of families helping other families. Yeah, exactly. And it's a funny thing too, because we're, all, like I say, said before, we, we are often um, too scared to ask for help or we don't think we're deserving to accept help. I remember um, my church 
has a hamper giving uh, program every year at Christmas. And one year they had a lot of clothing, brand new clothing uh, that had been donated. There was a uh, department store that had shut down and they, rather than sort of uh, send things to landfill or, you know, um, sell them off super cheaply uh, or try and store them or ship them, they had just given them to the church. They had a lot of brand new items. And as people came through, um, we would show them these clothing and said, you can choose whatever you like, you know, some nice outfit, a nice dress for yourself for the summer, some things for your family, take whatever you want. Like, And there was a lot there. And everyone who came through were people who had been assessed as eligible for assistance, right? So, you know, they weren't people off this, the street. They'd gone through a process of, um, unfortunately, they had to make hard choices about who was eligible. But nearly every person said, oh, no, there's, there's other people doing way worse than me. I won't take anything. I'll leave things for someone else. Um, so that is an, an issue. It takes a lot of courage to receive. It's much easier to give sometimes. It takes a lot of courage to receive. But I like to say to people, you know, receive now and then pay it forward. Like it's okay to have a hand up when you need it. Then later on, you can pay that forward. Um, so there, there is no shame in doing this. This is just part of what we do as a community. There's times in everyone's life when we do it tough um, for whatever reason. And so, um, you know, even very wealthy people go through difficult emotional times. Sure. It, it doesn't get down to money at times, does it? Well, when you're talking about mental health and things going bad, everyone can be affected at different times. That's very true. Um, yeah, very true. And I think COVID has shown us that, um, you know, mental health is so important, especially cities like um, Melbourne who've gone through so many lockdowns. Um, so, yeah, and in, and those little things people often do remember. Um, I um, had a really interesting experience, oh, probably about five years ago. I bumped into this guy and he said, hello, 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 you, you don't remember me, do you? And I went, no, I'm sorry, I don't remember you. And we'd actually worked together many years prior to that and actually I didn't recognise him because he'd been a uni in a uniform at that, that time and so he looked quite different. And it turned out that he'd been having a really, really bad day at work and he decided that he was not going to reach out to anyone. He was just going to sit there and wait and see who was the first person who spoke to him. And I think he went through like half of the day until I came down and I wasn't even working in the area and I came down and spoke to him and I said, well, what did I say? And he said, oh, you're just your usual smiling, happy self um, and you were just it was, but he said, you didn't realise that I was doing this because I didn't tell you. So you, your actions have a profound impact on other people, even just those little things. And 10 years after I had worked with him, he remembered me. Um, so it never forget that. If you have no money, if you're struggling, you still have a profound gift that you can give other people. You still have that ability to make a positive contribution. Yeah, no, that's a very good point, uh, Serena, and uh, remaining positive is a, a key thing, even when things look really terrible. Um, you have mentioned previously some of the things families can do to protect themselves against rising prices. Perhaps a little recap might be in order, some of your main points. The emergency fund, that's just crucial. So often people will get a windfall, like it might be a tax return for those who are um, quick enough to put in their tax returns. Um, it might be an inheritance. It might be some overtime at work. It, it might be something like even like a refund from Medicare or something like that. 
Now, most people go, yippee, we're in the money. Let's go and buy a new pair of shoes or let's go and buy, you know, a takeaway. Let's go and do a few things. Now, of course, when people have always done it hard, you often do want to treat yourself when, when something like this comes along. But before you go and spend all that money, put some away for a rainy day because having an emergency fund, having a buffer will mean that when something unexpected happens, you've got that money there. Now, it can happen in random ways that you have unexpected uh, expenses. Like, for instance, um, as a family, we had a driving trip to the coast recently to visit some friends and on the way we were stopped by police. Now we were a little bit surprised by this because we always uh, follow the road rules and what it was was that we had forgotten to pay for our registration. So hubby had received the email and he had forgotten it because he doesn't check his emails very often. Um, now I really do not um, suggest to any of your listeners that they knowingly drive an unregistered vehicle. Um, we were shocked because we hadn't, we didn't realise, and it was a very hefty fine, a very hefty fine. But we actually think it was a blessing because had we been in an accident and not been registered, it would have been really awful. So we see it as a, a huge blessing actually that we were stopped. But it was a shock, right? Because it wasn't something we were budgeted for, had budgeted for, and it was a big expense. So something will always happen, and don't beat yourself up about that when it does. But just have that emergency fund. Um, and that's actually probably point number two. Things will happen that are not expected. Like we often think when we're doing budgeting that everything will just, you know, be go along as we predict. But life will throw us curveballs, like I said, like um, us getting this huge hefty fine that was not expected because we usually do the right thing uh, and we pride ourselves on doing the right thing. But on this occasion, we didn't, so we took ownership of that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, the second thing is just to understand that and to have that resilience to understand, yes, that happened, the car broke down or uh, there's been expensive medical bills or expensive dental bills. Like this is just life, right? So these things happen. Um, and the third thing, uh, I, I guess, is just having that um, sense of gratitude Um we talked a little bit about being positive. Well, you know, fake positivity isn't going to help anyone. Um, it's kind of a bit like um, I'm thinking almost of the the life of Brian, where you know that always uh, always um, uh, um, think of the bright side of life. I mean, if, if it's not really feeling genuine, it's not going to feel genuine. Mm -hmm. But a good thing to do is to think about gratitude, like really think about your blessings. Because even when things are tough, there's often really beautiful relationships around you that you can be really thankful for. I mean, what a blessing to know that the people who are with you are, are with you because they love you, not because of the money. I mean, that's a huge blessing when you think about it. Um, not everyone can claim that. Sometimes people are very, very wealthy, but they don't feel that people love them unconditionally. So there are often unexpected blessings or gratitudes to be found even in difficult situations. And finding ones that feel real to you and really resonate can help because it is so important when you are struggling or you are, you know, to, to, to have those sorts of things. And having that kind of mental attitude is one of the best things you can do to prepare because um, life is always going to throw you curveballs and it's about your ability to get out of it. Think like a Kung Fu movie. Think like you're um, Bruce Lee. Um, <laughs> Or Jackie Chan, like how are you going to get out of these problems and um, save the day? Very good way of uh, looking at it. Yes, I, I had a tooth problem two weeks ago 
<clears throat> and had a crown put in and that wasn't a cheap uh, exercise, I tell you, but you're right, things just come out <laughs> of the blue at times and you just got to got to roll with the punches, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but to just think then the blessing is that you're able to get that procedure done. There's a lot of places in the world where they don't have medical care and dental care, healthcare can be even worse. Uh, I had a friend I knew from the Rotary Club of Taipei who used to go over to uh, Nepal, I think, and do some incredible work. I mean, some people in those mountain villages had big problems with impacted teeth. Um, and people just think when we think dental work, we often think of like cosmetic things like nice, shirley, uh, shiny, pearly whites. But severe, severe dental problems uh, impact every aspect of our life. Oh, exactly right. And and bad teeth can lead to all sorts of problems. And uh, I mean, even in Australia, there's a bit of a problem here with people who don't have private health insurance or they're, they're on long waiting lists to get their teeth fixed. And uh, I think that's one sort of health issue that Australia as a country still needs to address because there are a lot of people who uh, just can't access good uh, dental care. Now, Serena, um, nearly at an end and uh, I've managed uh, to get through, as uh, as you know, I've just had COVID recently and the coughing was a bit of an issue, but managed to get there. Um, so the main point here is, yes, we're in tough times. Families are experiencing tough times. Individuals are experiencing tough times. But try not to panic. Look at the positive side. And, I mean, your mental health is just so vitally important, and we all know that too after two years yeah. of the pandemic. So are they the main points you would uh, express from today's podcast? Yes, and uh, apologies if I could add uh, another one, which is, you know, commit to doing small things daily to improve your financial situation. I talked about one day at a time, one thing at a time, but it is really true. Like one day might just be, you know, battling through the MyGov website uh, to make sure that you've got everything um that you are able to apply for, particularly like say, for instance, family tax benefits. Like that might be enough for today. The next day, you know, might be, you know, cooking a low cost uh, meal rather than go shopping using leftovers. The next day, maybe it might be to find some items to sell on Gumtree or another platform to earn a bit of money. You know, the next day it might be applying for a job. But, you know, if it's, you know, just do one thing a day. Like, we sort of sometimes we put pressure on ourselves thinking we have to immediately improve all our financial situation. Um, and when we don't, we often get depressed and put our head in the sand and, and have that sense of shame and think there's something wrong with us. But just incrementally, you know, take those constant pieces of action and you might not see any results, not in the, the first week, not in the first month, not in the first six months. After a year, you'll start to see some results, but by the year five, you will start to see big results. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's the analogy, I, I guess, is it's, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. We use that widely, but it's so true and the financial situations for families is exactly the same. Uh, very much so. And when you look at how compound interest works, it's, um, you know, little things, little impacts can have a big, in, big result over the course of time. So, you know, committing to save and invest very small amounts over a long period of time are going to lead to a large result. And of course, conversely, when people are struggling with huge levels of debt and that compound interest has really grabbed hold of that, it can feel insurmountable, like you're never going to really knock down that interest. Um, and it, it is important, though, to really, you know, take 
stock of that and and start to grapple that um and you know it can feel depressing because it can feel like you're not making a dent in it but like over the long run if you are committing to gradually doing that you will gradually get there and then once you get to that point zero then you've actually got the discipline to really start building your finances so there's been a lot of stories of people who've been in this debt it's been pretty awful but because they've developed the discipline um, and the knowledge about how to live within their means, earn extra income, reduce that debt, then when it goes to investing, they end up doing super well. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, lettuce uh, early in the podcast, the fact that it's so expensive, but I went shopping yesterday and there are still specials. I mean, all the major supermarkets and others have specials. You might not be able to get what you want every week, but you don't have to spend a fortune. There are ways around it. Oh, definitely. So, you know, always look at, you know, your catalogue specials, look at your local um, uh, your, your local markets. Like there's often people who grow things in their backyard and they'll sell them at the local markets quite cheaply or grow them yourself and swap with your neighbours. You know, if you've got a bumper pumpkin uh, crop, share with your neighbours who've got silver beet. Of course, it doesn't help when we've got um, crazy weather that, you know, will disrupt all of your crops. But, you know, this is a really good way of doing this. There's... Um, um, think in different ways. And um, I sort of laugh a little bit at the lettuce thing analogy because lettuce is something that is traditionally best eaten like uh, late winter, early spring. That's the seasonal cycle in, in, in nature of when you would usually be in eating lettuce. Um, it's basically a, like a, a type of uh, wild weed that's been cultivated essentially, although we tend to forget that. And that's when they are, m- are most prevalent. But now in today's society, we've become used to not eating according to the seasons. We, we eat whenever we want to. And we've actually had got quite a narrow set of diets. Like so many of us, you know, rely on spaghetti bolognese and um, iceberg lettuce salad. And when those staples like minced beef, uh, uh, pasta and lettuce are not available, we kind of panic. But there are a lot of other things. In the middle of winter, you know, it's a good idea to be eating other things that are more um, prolific at this time, uh, such as things like broccoli and cauliflower, although some of those have been expensive this year because of the impact of flooding. But it's just important to think, you know, like if lettuce isn't there, what else can you eat? Like shredded cabbage, for instance, is beautiful in salads. It's really fresh shredded uh, cabbage is um, quite sweet. They use it a lot in Japanese food. They'll often have it um, accompanied just raw with no accomplishments, um, but it's an accomplishment a, a, accompaniment to their type of um, pork schnitzel, uh, their katsu, which is really lovely. So it is often a way of thinking outside of the box and eating and living in different ways. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm an avocado person and avocados have been quite cheap for quite a few months and I, I'm not big on lettuce, so I've done all right out of it. <laughs> well done you yeah well done me exactly uh serena we've come to the end thank you very much for your time some very uh, good advice there again for families tough times we all accept that um but as you said you've got to remain positive and there are things families can do um to help themselves during cold winters with rising prices interest rates all those sorts of things thank you very much for your time and uh, all the best thank you so much Okay, take care.